Hello and welcome to our podcast, Lose Your Mind. I'm Al. And I'm Kelly. And we are your co-hosts for this podcast, uh, which at the moment we think is going to be monthly, but you never know. It's all about matters of the mind. So why is our podcast called Lose Your Mind? Kelly, what do you think? Well, people regularly need to lose their minds and need to detach from the thoughts that they're having every day. So our aim by talking about losing your mind is that we can discuss how to detangle the thoughts that you have in your head. What about you, Alan? Well, that's fantastic. And for all those of you that thought you were tuning in to find out about sex, drugs and rock and roll, not quite. So this is really about mindfulness but also mind emptiness and exactly as you said kelly i think it's about disengaging from those troublesome thoughts that we have um, and just disentangling from those that negativity that we all have and how your mind just does seem full and how great it is to just escape that you know once in a while and just kind of recharge so on today's episode i'm going to be talking to kelly about a little bit about her and why she came to mindfulness and well-being, a little bit about her history, um, why she does what she does and what her hopes are for the future. So I hope you'll stick around with us for the next 20 minutes or so and we'll have this little chat. Does that sound okay with you, Kelly? That does. Thank you, Alan. Good. So let's find out a little bit about you. So Kelly, so who are you and where are you from? So I'm Kelly and I'm from Buckinghamshire. I come into teaching mindfulness and meditation through a difficult personal journey uh, with struggles with mental health in my family, friends and with anxiety being present for such a long time and me being stuck on that loop I indeed needed to get out of my head. And as we're saying, we need to lose our minds. I was trapped in mine. um, So I was fully stuck in there um, in unhelpful thought patterns and just living on loop, really, Alan. So, yeah, I came on this mindfulness journey and it has helped me greatly, which is why I'm passionate to share, as you are, the the different things we can do really to help ourselves. change our lives really by changing our thoughts so okay that's 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 a starter for me that's that's very helpful and so can you talk a little bit about what those unhelpful thought patterns were if you don't mind sharing a little bit no of course not so with having anxiety I always need to be in control I've got two children so I have very busy day I like everything to be done in a certain structure and actually over the years I've noticed that I've almost lost time by trying to be in control of everything almost missing moments by having to have a plan and needing things in that certain way just to really escape my own thoughts so by having this structure um, I thought it was helpful but it wasn't and for example if I had a health issue which is my biggest downfall that was where my anxiety would stem from I'd go on to Google and I'd try and look for an answer as to what every pain sensation and 
thought or feeling was in my body. And I would try and search for an answer, but all I was doing was feeding the problem. So I was essentially stuck with it. So that's an example of how I would get stuck in this loop in my mind. Right. Okay. So it was kind of self-feeding, really. I would say so, yes. Right. Okay. So you're a bit of a control freak hypochondriac, is that right? I will hold my hands up and agree with you there. Yes, I'm much better now, but that is what led me um, onto this journey. Yes. Okay. And how did you discover that? So if you were so kind of lost as we all get, you know, kind of tunnel vision and just trying to cope with life, what was the trigger that made you, you know, figure out what was wrong? I think, um, if I'm honest, this pandemic, I know it's been quite difficult for a lot of people, but in some ways it helped me because although I have um, dabbled in mindfulness a lot myself over time and I've meditated on and off over years, but I couldn't quite get to grips with it because I, again, felt that meditation had to be a certain way, that I had to have a completely empty mind and then I'd criticise myself for not getting it right and think, right, I've done this wrong. When actually, um, as you know, Alan, meditation is really about commitment. It's about coming back to the moment, noticing what you notice. Um, And you don't have to be sat there with a complete clear mind all the time. But you tell yourself these stories and then you get stuck. So on and off for a while, I was like that. And then with me having health anxiety at the start of the pandemic, I thought, I cannot get stuck in this loop with a with a health crisis like this. So I completely um, stripped myself back from everything and all the energy I was putting into worrying and health and listening to what was on the news, I decided to focus on myself, on mindfulness. I took up um, a course to do the teacher training and it really installed those habits and patterns in me so that I could I could understand what was happening in my own head and I could see what was helpful and what wasn't so for the very first time I was able to untangle the thoughts that I'd lived with for so long wow and what did that feel like it felt amazing actually I went through a lot of emotion um again a lot of self-criticism just purely because I felt guilty for taking time for myself. I felt guilty for stopping um, and having a bit of time out because I felt I should be doing, doing, doing. Um, But actually, as the time went on and being given that space just to really sit back, I suppose, I realised that by sitting still and by being present, I actually got so much more time back than I ever had before. So it felt amazing, I would say. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That kind of perception of time that we all have, that doing, 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 and feeling like you have to be achieving. But at the same time, if you keep running your car at 60 miles an hour, it will eventually break down anyway. So you need to take time out to tune it up, if you like, and then you will perform better anyway. It's a kind of bit of a paradox, really, isn't it? That we don't always see. So... Okay, interesting. And and you mentioned, and, you know, we are both meditation teachers, you know, as you pointed out, and um, that thing about having to clear your mind is the biggest thing I 
face with clients that say they can't meditate. You know, you said you had difficulties meditating. And so it was that also a bit of a turning point for you, maybe as, as it was for me that, you know, hang on, a meditation can be thought filled. It can be full of anything and you don't know what's going to come up. Was that a turning point for you as well? It was huge. And because I struggle focusing, um, not so much now, but definitely in the beginning, I would listen to a lot of guided meditations, which I find really helpful. You know, there's millions of different um, things that you have access to. And I heard on a guided meditation, all you have to do is notice what you notice. And I felt like someone had almost just given me a big hug. I was like, oh, my goodness. Do I just need to notice what I've noticed? And I thought I can do that. I can notice this thoughts popped into my head. I can notice I'm distracted. But as long as you keep remembering to come back, which is what you're training yourself to do, I thought I can keep coming back. So, so yeah, it was, yeah, it's amazing that you can have a thought-filled meditation. You can have thoughts the whole way through, but you're still doing it. You're still showing up and the act of it is still very much making a huge difference. Absolutely. I like that. Notice what you notice. And then it takes all the pressure off, doesn't it, as well? You just realize you're there to notice, and that's that's really all it is, and that's awareness. Great. So what, what kind of benefits do you think you're getting then, Kelly, now out of this practice that you've got, as well as your teaching, which we'll come on to in a bit? Well, I think that I am just getting more enjoyment out of my life in general, to be honest. It doesn't take away the bad days, the struggles that we all have. I mean, we, we've discussed before, haven't we? The weather, different things. I mean, I've had a flat week the past week. I'm not going to lie, but it doesn't take away from the fact that I can think, OK, that was a bad week. That doesn't need to be a bad month. It doesn't mean the rest no. of the year is going to be bad. And my whole perspective, it's given me a new way of looking at things. So I can now sit with the bad feelings as well as the good. I can process them much quicker and it enables me to move on and live more freely and lose, lose that, that pattern in my mind. Like we said, we, we decided to call our podcast that we're, we're having today, lose, lose Your Mind, because essentially we do need to lose we need to lose something or we're just caught up. So I would say I've definitely got that out of it. Yeah. You know, the more, the more I think about it, the more clever our title is actually Kelly, don't you think? Yes, I agree. Not that we're biased or anything. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. But we, we think it's good. So, um, okay. So you've obviously had this, you know, real important improvement in your life. And as you say, I think it's important that people recognize that, it doesn't mean life's going to be, you know, all champagne and roses. You know, you'll have your your bad times as well, as long as they're not long trends, like you say. But I think generally you're just kind of improving your, your aspects, your outlook on life, really. So how about your teaching then, Kelly? How easy do you find it to transfer this knowledge onto others? And that that, I think, is a great passion of yours, too. It is. It is a great passion. And my day job um, prior to getting into this was completely different. Different. It was office based. And, you know, I'd show up nine to five. Um, but I've always enjoyed the helping people aspect. So with my teaching, I'm just so passionate for people to be able to access themselves freely. Really, I just want people to see 
what they can do if they just give themselves a little bit of time, a bit of space, and just really, just really not have have to sit under pressure all the time. I mean, I can tell my friends and family, their lives have improved because I'm not on an anxious loop all the time. And if somebody is out there with depression, anxiety, panic or fear, um, you know, social anxiety, whatever it is for them, if people are struggling with these issues, it doesn't only affect them, it affects everyone. So by having access to teachers like you and I, where we can help people implement these these methods and these practices it just makes changes for for everyone not just themselves because everybody is then more free when when you have access to just being rather than doing I like it being rather than doing and yeah you're so right it's not just yourself that benefits as well when you do this but others around you benefit because that makes you so much easier to live with um, but also the fact that you are actively training others. And it is a real passion and a real pleasure, isn't it, to see other people get the benefits from it. Are there any, um, are there any frustrations that you find with it? And anything, you know, why, why don't, in your opinion, why isn't the whole world practicing mindfulness? Well, I think it's a shame the whole world aren't practicing mindfulness. I would, but it's I would what agree. I <laughs> But I do think that actually, in some way, shape or form, the whole world is practicing mindfulness, but they just haven't brought awareness to it. So I think people are often more mindful than they realize. You can be mindful walking to your car. You can be mindful at work. You can be mindful cooking the dinner. People often get caught up when I talk to clients. I don't know about you, Alan, but just thinking that they've got to sit that they've got to sit completely still in silence and I think that is what people think it's the same with yoga I'm not a yoga teacher at all but quite often you'll find people don't want to take part in the practice because they think they've got to be balancing on their heads by the end of the first session and yoga again it doesn't have to be like doesn't have to be like that does it do you find with your clients that often the struggle is the sitting yeah, very much so. In fact, the kind of training I do, so I do I do uh, corporate training in, in mental health resilience as a topic. And when we get to the subject of mindfulness, I tend to see quite a lot of eye rolling and, oh, I can't sit and meditate. And so I'm gearing the sessions more towards being informal, as you said, you know, like going for a walk or, you know, just the simple thing, like when you make a cup of tea, just watching the kettle as it boils and, you know, with listening to the sounds as you pour the water and all that kind of thing. And it sounds so trivial, doesn't it? But it, these are the things that just sort of press the reset button and get you out of fight or flight. Um, so, yeah, it is a constant challenge. I mean, as you know, I've got um, a regular set of clients who are sort of, they sort of get it now. But actually, when, when you ask them some questions about that, you still have that inbuilt resistance to, oh, yeah, but I can't sit down. I just can't settle. Um, and I think that is, for me, that's the main barrier. I think people just think it is, still think it's like an esoteric Buddhist practice. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not for me, you know, and it's, it's a bit weird. People don't like talking about meditation. So if you sit around with a bunch of guys in the pub 
you were a very brave one to say, oh, yeah, I meditated today. That it, that it's just, it's, it's taboo, you know, and it's uh, a lot of guys just think it's weird. And that's a shame because actually I think men need it just as much as women, if, if not more so in some cases. So anyway. I would agree uh, with you. Yeah. Well, we, we know, you know, suicide rates in men are pretty shocking. And um, yeah, and, and the problem is with men is they're less likely to talk about it. So they arguably need it more. But anyway, so um, you're enjoying your professional life now, Kelly, that you've um, become a mindfulness teacher. And what else do you do? What, how else do you fill your days? So as well as looking after my family, and as you know, I've got two children, so that absorbs mm-hmm. a reasonable amount of time, which I obviously wouldn't change, but it can be stressful. Um, I do spend my days, I do write my own material. So I love writing. Um, as I know you do, it's another thing we've got in common, but I love writing. And actually, I think writing, journaling, the whole aspect, the act of it is such a mindful, freeing thing to do. And when talking about losing your mind, um, a, a brilliant way to do that is to write the thoughts down. The minute you've got them out of your head and onto paper, you've half the problem, you've, you've shared them out, and then you might go back to that journal or something you've written later and you might get benefit from it. You might think, why was I thinking that when you're in a different space? But it's just really helpful. So I do like to write a lot in my um, spare time when I have any. I really enjoy that. I have actually written quite a lot of material, which I hope to do something with at some point. Okay. Um, Yeah, so. Well, I'm sure you'll find out about that here. Yes. So at some point I will share that further. Um, But yeah, it's just it's just the teaching, really. I love teaching um, and I love seeing a difference in even just one person. Just just seeing that the weight has lifted from them um, is huge. But I do, as you know, struggle with my own confidence, which we've discussed before. And I think it all comes down to that whole imposter syndrome where people don't think they're good enough or people compare themselves against other people. Um, And anyone listening to this today, I'm sure at some point in their lives, they felt that they're not as good as the next person, but we're all individual. And by practicing mindfulness and meditation, I really believe it builds your confidence. It gets you in touch with who you are. And it's just so needed. It's so needed to live a fulfilling life. And that's why I'm passionate about it. Fantastic. And as you say, writing down can be so um, therapeutic, can't it? And cathartic. And you just kind of get those tangled thoughts out of your head and onto paper. And all of a sudden, things don't look quite so bad, do they? So no. Very good. So, okay, then, Kelly, what does the future hold for you then? What are your hopes and dreams with this and you know, personally and in your professional life? Well, my hopes and dreams are to just fill it with being able to be myself, to teach others, to explore and share my writing, um, because I absolutely love doing that, and just to make my business grow, really, and help people. Um, Like you said, I'm happy to teach with, with any platform of people, corporate, schools, one to one sessions um anything really and 
with us both having our own businesses, we can be flexible and adapt to what suits whatever's needed at the time, really. So it's just getting the message out there, allowing people to have another form of communication. Because like you said, I'm, I'm a mental health first aider and I've done that course and suicide and everything comes up a lot in that. Mm. And with men particularly, that that was touched on. They don't. They might not want to go to a doctor. They might not feel comfortable going down certain channels because of how people may think of them because everybody worries about what other people think they shouldn't do they absolutely shouldn't but they do so by us being able to offer different services and things we can help open them up so that they can go to the correct channels of support I mean we're not trained professionals or doctors in that in that area but there's so much that we can offer where we can get people to a place where they feel comfortable to be able to source the help and support they need so I just think it's so important that like you say everyone in this world should be meditating or be aware of it because the benefits are huge they are indeed so that's brilliant Kelly what a noble ambition and uh, I'm sure we're going to be um, hearing a lot more about your message and uh, your writing particularly because um, I know you're you're really really passionate about that and I, and I think you're a very talented writer and you'll get it out there as you say and get the message across so and yeah you're right I mean uh, there's, there's a real gateway here for a lot, lot of people's mental health um, you know maybe mindfulness isn't always the answer but there are other solutions out there as long as people start talking and facing up and having the awareness that there are problems so so look it's been a real pleasure talking to you today on our first very first lose your mind podcast do you feel like you've lost your mind i know i do yeah i've always lost my mind but i think it's a good <laughs> thing now i now see that losing your mind is the way forward and i very much enjoyed this today and i hope that next time if people want to tune in um they'll have the pleasure and if you're happy to alan for me to ask you a few questions next time let's do that i'm more than willing of course. Thanks everybody for listening today and we'll see you on the next one of Lose Your Mind. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.